This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN. But to begin this evening's show, coming off an entertaining game at the Garden in which the Knicks lost by four, to begin this evening's show with anything other than the Jets and the performance of their QB1, their starting quarterback, Mike White, their victory over the Bears, their offensive performance, their 7-4 and four record, and their prospects going forward, not only this season and the potential of what they can accomplish this season, but their prospects going forward beyond this year. To start this show talking about anything other than that would it would be negligence on my part. So we're not going to do that. We're not going to worry about that. It was a wild, wild day in the NFL. Absolutely crazy games uh, in Jacksonville. A couple of overtime games. We had an overtime game in Cleveland. A wild overtime game between Vegas and Seattle. It's funny. You looked at the NFL slate for this week, week 12, and the games on Thanksgiving were so good, and they did live up to the hype. I mean, the Bills-Lions game was great. The Giants hung in there, had the lead in the second half against the Cowboys, and as it turned out, it was the most watched NFL regular season game since they started tracking that stuff in the late 1980s. And then the Sun, uh, the excuse me, the Thursday night game, the uh, Vikings and the Patriots was a good game too. Marquee teams, marquee matchups, and the concern was, all right, what's that going to leave for us for Sunday? You know, it's a bunch of Rams-Chiefs or a bunch of Washington-Atlanta. Washington-Atlanta was a great game. Vegas-Seattle was a walk-off 86-yard touchdown in overtime. Um, the Chargers and the Cardinals, and interesting comments after the game, again, by Kyler Murray. That was a great game. Cincinnati-Tennessee was a great game. Even Houston, which fell behind by a million points, 30 to nothing, made a run after the Dolphins pulled Tua Tagovailoa from the game. That was interesting. So it was a great Sunday of NFL action. The most boring game was probably the one at MetLife Stadium. And you know what? That, for Jets fans, was absolutely fine because they weren't bored at all. They weren't bored at all. And it's amazing how, you, how differently we can look at this Jets team now after what Mike White did. This was Everything that every Jets fan has wanted, and depending on the Jets fan, for weeks, for months, since the beginning of the season, since last Halloween when White had that performance against the Cincinnati Bengals, this is everything that those fans, which has grown by the week with each and every feeble performance by Zach Wilson. This was everything today that those fans have wanted. And now what you have is you have you have a quarterback. And it just, you know what? It felt different. Last year, we remember the game on Halloween against the Bengals, and Mike White had historically, I think, the greatest starting debut for any quarterback in NFL history. His jersey from that game is in Canton in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They won the game on a gimmick play uh, to beat the Bengals at the end. It was just a joyous celebration at MetLife Stadium. This was completely different. This, what you saw today, what we all saw today, feels like it's the start of something bigger for this franchise. It feels like this franchise went to another level today. It really does. 
because the one thing holding the Jets back all season long was the play of their quarterback. And through nearly two seasons in the NFL, Zach Wilson had not given any indication. And, and if you disagree with me on this, please, please call and tell me what you have seen in Zach Wilson at 1-800-919-3776. If there's anyone out there who has watched Zach Wilson play in the NFL and strongly believes he has given any indication that he is the future franchise quarterback for this team, please call me and tell me what you're seeing because independent of what Mike White did today, or what he did last year, or what we all hope he's going to continue to do. Independent of that, Zach Wilson has shown absolutely nothing. So with each surprising win for the Jets this season, and by the way, each subsequent win became less and less surprising because as the season has progressed, you've gone from, oh, wow, that was a miraculous comeback against Cleveland that we didn't deserve to win, but we'll certainly take that. Or, oh, wow, that was a great fourth quarter comeback in Pittsburgh. We'll put that, and that'll probably be one of our five wins this season. That's how it felt early. Those were the Jets' first two wins this season, and this franchise and those who follow it and root for it were conditioned to take their blessings where they can get them and move on. And now, with wins over Green Bay and wins over... Buffalo at home and on and on and on the winds started to feel more oh well yeah this team should have won this game because this was the better team in this game it's got a superior defense it's got an offensive line that even with some key absences has been playing better as the season has gone on And you know what it turns out they have today that I think we all knew but we haven't been able to see all year? We've seen all season long the weapons on defense, on the defensive line, the linebackers, obviously the secondary. We've seen those weapons early on when Brees Hall was really their main source of offense. We saw him as their weapon in the offense out of the backfield. But guess what? They have weapons on offense as well. You know, all the talk this week was you can't do this to the defense. The defense is too good. The defense is too accomplished. They have too many playmakers to have such an inferior product running your offense. Your offense is not inferior anymore. All you needed was competency at that most important position to unleash guys like Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and your tight ends and the running backs who have filled in admirably for the most part for Brees Hall. You needed competency at the quarterback position to unleash all of those. I sat here in the summer before the season and said that I think within a couple of years in the right system, just seeing Garrett Wilson in college, in training camp, in the preseason – Garrett Wilson, to me, was someone who I could see being as explosive as a Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson. I said that in the summer, and we saw the first real glimpse of that today. But you can't be as explosive as those guys if your freaking quarterback is Zach Wilson. That's just, that, that's not, nobody's explosive. 
Nobody has the opportunity to be explosive. Garrett Wilson is that dude. What we saw today, him taking the ball, that move that he made on the 54-yard touchdown catch, catching the ball across the middle, stopping on a dime, changing direction, letting the defender fly by him, and then sprinting his way into the end zone, although not really sprinting because he didn't need to because he was faster than everybody else on the field. That dude's been here all season long, dying to make plays. Elijah Moore, who we saw a lot of positive signs from last season, and again was a record-setting quarterback in college at Old Miss, second-round draft pick, comes in with a big pedigree. He didn't lose his talent this season. He wasn't given the opportunity to perform. All right. Let's, and by let's, I mean me. Now pump the brakes here a little bit. All right, let's, we do have to keep this in perspective. All right, this was not Patrick Mahomes running the Jets offense today. It wasn't last year's version of Joe Burrow running the Jets offense. Okay? It's not Aaron Rodgers in his prime running the Jets offense. It's Mike White. <laughs> Mike freaking White. <laughs> but you don't need those guys. You don't. I mean, it would be nice to have those guys. But the way that this team is constructed right now, they're top-notch on one entire side of the football. They're top-notch on the D-line. They're top-notch in the linebacking core. They are top-notch in the secondary. Their defense might actually be the best defense in the NFL by the end of the season. It might be the best defense in the NFL. All right? So you do the Chiefs have the best defense in the NFL? Do the Dolphins? Did the Packers when Rodgers was in his prime? Did the Bengals last year? No. Nobody has the best defense in the NFL and the best quarterback. In this salary cap era, that's not done anymore. All right, so how do you win? How do you move forward as a winning team to get into the playoffs, to win into the playoffs, and to continue to improve year after year? You keep this defense intact, and you need enough on offense. And... Mike White, from what we have seen more often than not in his tenure as a Jets quarterback and now as the Jets quarterback, has shown me that you get enough offense from this guy. You don't need somebody to come in and be Patrick Mahomes and make plays all over the field. You need someone who's poised in the pocket, who's confident in the pocket, who knows the playbook, who can hit the open receiver, who can, when the first option is covered up and the second option is covered up, move on to his third read and make an accurate pass to that guy and take six yards, which is always better than the alternative of zero yards or a sack or an interception or some other kind of turnover. And that's what Mike White did today. That's his game. He's not standing out there and flinging it down the field like Kirk Cousins or... Joe Burrow, he's checking down a lot, but he's doing it in a smart way that continues to move the football in the right direction. And when the rest of your team is set up the way the rest of the Jets team is set up, that is good enough. You're going to win a lot of games like that. And we saw it all on display his first time out in a year 
as now the Jets' starting quarterback going forward. This kid has been waiting for his opportunity. He got it last year unexpectedly. He performed great right off the bat on short notice, but we've seen that scenario play out before. His next couple of starts were not good. Were they not good because he wasn't ready? Were they not good because he wasn't good? Or were they not good because the team around him stunk? I think it's option C. The Jets last year were no good. That was not a good team that he was surrounded by last year. That's difficult for any quarterback to win in that situation. Just ask Daniel Jones. That's been his situation his entire career. Now this year... Daniel Jones gets a healthy Saquon Barkley. He gets an improved offensive line. He gets improved decision-making from the coaching staff. And all of a sudden, he's winning games. Mike White couldn't win games with that Jets team last year. I don't know many quarterbacks who could have. But now, you saw enough of Mike White last year, and so did the Jets, to sign him to a new contract. Even though you still had Flacco, you still wanted to keep this guy around. They wanted to keep him around for a reason. And right now... Given the options that you have at that position and where your talent is concentrated on this roster, Mike White seems to be the perfect fit for this Jets team. I mean, 22 out of 28 for 315 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, kept the ball moving forward all game long. Two touchdown passes to Garrett Wilson, One touchdown pass to Elijah Moore. I didn't see those guys raising their hands or waving their hands in disgust on the field at any point during today's game. It was an impressive season debut for Mike White. The Jets improved to 7-4, and and now you can really... Look, there's six games left in the regular season. We'll go through the schedule. Uh, It's not easy. It's not the hardest schedule in the world either. There are definitely some winnable games out there. It's also a very challenging conference. Look, at 7-4, and four, the Jets right now are in the seventh and final playoff spot with two good teams directly behind them, one of which will have the tiebreaker over them. So they are by no means out of the woods. But what you should be feeling today coming off this performance by your new quarterback is that you are good. There's no more questions. There's no more doubts. There's no more questions. You're good enough to make the playoffs. All right, this is a Jets team that's good enough to make the playoffs. And with the right matchup, this is a Jets team that's good enough to win a playoff game. That's how you should be feeling when you put your head on your pillow tonight, preferably after midnight, so we can finish the show together. So I want to get your thoughts at 1-800-919-3776 on the Jets, on Mike White. We'll hear some post-game reaction from him and Robert Sala as well. The rest of the day in the NFL. If you want to jump in on the Knicks, look, the Knicks are 9-11, and and they're now 1-5 and in their last six games at home. And again, it was a promising start to the season with a 3-1 and start. They're two games below five hundred. You want to weigh in on that? We're here for you as well. It's Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's go to Richard in Manhattan to lead us off. Richard, how you doing tonight? Hi, Pat. A couple of things on the jet game. Uh, Berrios, that guy's a superior punt returner. He made all the right choices, right decisions. 
when to fair catch, when to let the ball bounce, when to return. That guy is great in the rain like that. That guy's worth his weight in gold. You need that. Uh, a punt return like that. You know, a guy that can handle the ball back I there. I agree with that. Yeah, very good player. He was fantastic. And a game like today in the rain and all, wow. I mean, you know, this it was it was superior, his performance. All right. Now, in a game like this, you can't say there was one big play. But I'll tell you the play that I thought was unbelievable. And that was the 57-yard field goal right before mm-hmm. the half. Mm-hmm. First of all, I, I couldn't believe they were going to go for the field goal. And it was fourth and two, and then they tried to draw him offside. And he was in control of it, Salah. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew he was going to go for the kick. There was, like, no... Uh, indecision there. They knew they, what they were going to do. They know they knew how they were going to do it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't have believed the attempt. And that kick, I, I had it on radio because I love listening to the radio to you guys, Bob and, uh, and Marty. I'd rather listen and, uh, instead of watching. And I had the game on TV. So I heard Marty say the, guy, the kick would have went 65 yards if, he, uh, if, it, if it was intended. It absolutely would have. I mean, wow. maybe, maybe was, even longer than that. Low. And it went straight, and it was beautiful. That, I mean, I think that was the turning point of the game because it put them up by two scores. So that was big, in my opinion. Uh, another thing, you can see what White, he's got great pocket presence. You can see how he steps up, moves around, strides into the ball. He never seems flustered. I mean, I'm not an expert. I can't tell a guy who's accurate enough or uh, you know, who's got the who makes the right reads or releases the ball on time, and I can't tell. But you can see that the guy looks like, you know, he knows what he's doing back there. He's a pocket passer, and he he's good. He he knows how to stand there. He he, he just distributed it to ten different uh, receivers today. Ten. That's got to be close to a record, isn't it? How many receivers can you have on one? But it was by the middle of the second quarter. I think they had said that he had already hit nine different receivers that early in the game. Uh, how many can you hit? And how many are on the team? Yeah, there's not that many more options. Look, he's. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, uh, twenty-two, his, his twenty-eight. Pocket, that's almost. That's seventy-eight percent complete. <laughs> Uh, he had 11 yards per per uh, per attempt. I think 300. No, no, the number the, the numbers were great, Richard. Thanks for the call. Look, the, the the bottom line is what you want from your quarterback is you want somebody who consistently consistently moves the ball downfield, and that's what he did in the rain. Was it against the 85 Bears defense? It was not. All right, the Bears don't have a good defense. They traded away their best defensive player, Roquan Smith, at the trade deadline. But they want somebody in that spot who consistently moves the ball downfield. Far more often than not, Mike White makes the right decision. Does he have the athleticism of a Zach Wilson? No, but it's about more than athleticism. Like Zach looks, when Zach makes a play, when he's scrambling around and he throws on the run and he kicks his leg up as he's throwing and you know he hits Corey Davis in stride for a touchdown, it looks great. But what's he done that, twice in his career? Three times in his career? That's all well and good. But this is not let's build for the future anymore with this team. This is let's get into the playoffs this year. Let's see what we can do in the playoffs this year. And let's ride this defense as far as we can. And I like Richard's call on the Zerline field goal. That was a huge play in this game. Made it 17-10 to 10 at halftime. And I like the decision by Salah because he's figuring, okay, look, against the Chiefs, do you do that? Probably not. Or the Packers or 
top quarterback because, you know, you missed the field goal. They get the ball at the 57-yard line with 12 seconds to go. They're one completion away from being in field goal range themselves. But with 12 seconds left, you could have given the Bears 12 minutes and they weren't going to move the ball 20 yards against this Jets defense. Let's go to Drew on Long Island. Drew, how you doing? Hey, uh, can you hear me? I got you, Drew. What's going on? Yeah, um, I just wanted to talk about Mike White. I don't know, I tuned in a little late, but I heard you saying, like, he was only throwing check downs and, like, he was nowhere, like, Not near, only, like, not there. only. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say he was only throwing check downs. I was saying he was throwing check downs when appropriate. Yeah, I know, because I, I watched the game today. I thought he did terrific. I mean, if he plays like that for, like, every game, even, like, next two games, like, that would be huge for the Jets. Like, I think we should be done with Zach Wilson. If he continues to play like this, you'll be done with Zach Wilson. There's no question about it. This is exactly what you need if you're the Jets today. What he gave you today with this defense, with these offensive weapons, this is exactly what you need. Yeah, I, I just think we need a plain quarterback. We don't need anyone who's, like, good. We just need someone who just is average. Well, like, he was better than average, too. Team anyway. He was better than average, which is a bonus, Drew, and thank you for the call. Uh, when you look at his numbers, these 22 out of 28 for 315 yards and three touchdowns, you know, you'll take that. <laughs> he won 49.3 quarterback rating. I think 158.3 is the highest you can go there. And then ESPN's QBR, which the highest is 100. Mike White gave you a 91.7. So this guy's had four starts in his career. And two of them have been historically good. All right, so after the first one last year against Cincinnati, you figured it was one of those games where the Jets were playing with house money. They were fast and loose. They had absolutely nothing to lose. And you know what? That's probably all true. And the Bengals were not the Bengals yet. Yes, we know the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. But on Halloween last year, they were a team that I don't even think a lot of people expected to go to the playoffs. So you figured it was one of those weeks for Mike White. And then he came back to earth those next two starts. And... Zach got his job back. He came back from injury. The Jets played out the string. They once again picked at the top of the draft because they were not a good football team. Well, what happened this year? It was a combination of the past draft classes that Joe Douglas had brought in, finally came into their own this year. Add on to that, Sauce Gardner. Add on to that, C.J. Mosley finally gets to play. And some of the other free agents that were brought in are finally able to play and they're the right guys for what you need right now and Quinnen Williams becomes a star and Quincy Williams becomes a star and all of that has happened this year to the point where you are no longer a bad team you are a playoff team a playoff caliber team that is hoping to make it into the playoffs we got more calls on the way more thoughts on this on 98.7 ESPN New York
This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN. But this one performance should change the entire way we look at this Jets team because all season long, despite how well they played, and again, uh, you go through the progression of the season, and the first couple of wins were, okay, that's nice. We're not going to go 2-15 and 15 this year or 3-14. and 14. You know, you beat the Browns, and that was a miracle comeback. And then you beat the Steelers, and Zach actually played well in the fourth quarter of that game with the two fourth-quarter touchdowns, and you get another road win there. And then you beat the Dolphins, but you're still not sure because Tunga Vailoa didn't play, and Teddy Bridgewater got knocked out early. You roll over the Dolphins. At that point, you start to say, okay, well, this defense is really good, but they didn't really play against a quarterback today, and this Brees Hall kid is phenomenal. And then you beat the Packers at Lambeau Field, but you get a special teams play in that game. That was in the middle of a five-game losing streak for Green Bay. Was Aaron Rodgers over the hill, so you still weren't sure. Then you go to Denver, and you beat a feeble, pitiful Broncos team that is one of the worst offenses we've seen, so you're still not sure. And then you lose to the Patriots at home. Big surprise. And then, of course, came the Buffalo game. And Zach made the plays he needed to make in that game as well. But again, it was the defense that carried the day in that 20-17 to win a couple of weeks ago. It cratered last week when... Zach throws for 77 yards, and then, of course, the post-game comments. But the one thing you took away from the Patriots game is you got a top-five defense. But you always, as long as Zach was going to be your quarterback, you always had this feeling that, okay, well, there's a ceiling that we're going to hit with this guy that we're not going to be able to break through unless he significantly improves or unless we decide to make a change. And in year number two, when you have a quarterback who you pick second overall in the draft, you're not going to make that change unless he gives you an absolute reason to make the change. And his post-game press conference in Foxborough last week opened the door for Robert Sala to do something that, let's be honest, he probably wanted to do three or four weeks ago. Anybody can look at Zach Wilson and say, this isn't a guy who's going to lead a football team to the playoffs year after year after year. Not that you look at Mike White and say he's that guy, but Mike White on this team, with this defense, with these weapons, with his poise, with his pocket presence, can he lead this team to the playoffs? Yeah, I think he can, and I think he can do more than that. Look at the way he played today. He had a near-perfect day in a monsoon at MetLife Stadium. Constant rain all day didn't affect him. Threw six incomplete passes, threw for 315 yards. It'll take Zach Wilson a month to throw for 315 yards. This guy did it in a game, and he took the foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, took care of the football. Unbelievable. All right, so let's get some post-game reaction from the Jets. Let's start with Mike White. How did it feel to get out there again? Out there playing football with your, your friends and guys you've been with uh, for a couple years now. And and uh, when, it, when it wasn't my time to play, obviously I'm super supportive of them and I'm, I'm having fun with them too. But just to be out there and, and be a part of it and, and help the team, team win is, is always fun. Jets got the ball first. Chicago won the coin toss. They deferred. Jets took the opening kickoff, and White marched the team right 
down the field, culminating with a touchdown pass to a wide-open Garrett Wilson. That set the tone. How big was that first drive? We executed the, the, the openers really well, obviously, but I think it was just good for, for not only the offense but, but the team, too, to, to respond from, from the week we had last week and, and get everybody's confidence going. We ran the ball well. We, we threw the ball well. Our, our guys got open, and, and we, 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 uh, we had that third down in the red zone where I missed that one throw to Garrett, and, and that could have easily been a, a frustrating moment, let the next play get affected by that, and, and then we're kicking a field goal. But to be able to bounce back, I thought, was, was big. All right, here's the important one. And our last caller misunderstood what I had said in the beginning. Um, Mike White isn't just getting out there and slinging it all over the field, you know, like a Joe Burrow does or like a Kirk Cousins does and a Patrick Mahomes does. I mean, Mahomes can do whatever he wants out there on the field. You shouldn't compare anybody to him. He doesn't do that. Now, as the game went on, second quarter, third quarter, they started to open up the offense a little bit. But if you saw White in the beginning of the game, and, and there's a couple of reasons for this. Number one, guys have started in a year. All right, you don't want to put too much on his plate too early. You don't need that. Look, competency from what you had before is a drastic change. So you don't need to put too much on this guy uh, right off the bat. Number two, the weather was certainly a factor. All right, you don't need this guy seven-step drop, airing it out down the sideline time after time when it's raining continuously through the afternoon. And the third thing is, it was smart game planning uh, by Mike LaFleur, Robert Sala, to know the entire situation. The entire situation was you were playing against a team that wasn't going to move the ball. And, and credit to the Bears, because they did move the ball their first couple of drives. They led 10-7 to at one point in this game. They got on the board in their first drive after White drove the Jets down. They went down and kicked a field goal. All right, so they did move it on the Jets early, but you knew that didn't have staying power, especially without Justin Fields. I mean, he had Trevor Simeon in there. He played a lot better than I think you could have expected him to play. And even with that, you lose the game 31-10. to 10. So you knew that you just against this opponent, anyway, this was, this was the perfect opponent to put Mike White in. And don't think they weren't eyeing this for weeks. It's like when you fire a manager in baseball or a head coach in basketball. You know, if you, you fire a head coach, you don't do it before you play the Bucks or the Celtics, right? Because you want the new coach, the interim coach, to have a nice little soft landing spot. You know, you fire a head coach before you play the uh, Sacramento Kings, even though they're actually having a decent season this year. You know, you, against a team like that. So... The chances are increased. You're going to win your first game. Uh, you get everybody feeling good about yourself. You build up some confidence, and you go from there. That's what this was. That's exactly, you know, the next two games at Minnesota, at Buffalo. You know, there's a reason why Mike White started this game. The schedule's going to get tougher. Those two road games, 1 o'clock time slot, back-to-back -back weeks at Minnesota and at a Buffalo team that, assuming they're reasonably healthy, is going to be lying in wait for a Jets team that picked them off and sent them on a kind of sideways, sideways spiral, knocked them out of first place in their division. That Jets game had a lot to do with the fact that Buffalo, which is supposed to be the best team in the NFL, is right now in the fifth spot in the AFC. So this is where you put Mike White to start the game, and he's not out there chasing big plays. And he was asked about that afterwards. How do you keep yourself from chasing the big play? 
that's part of playing quarterback. That's part of, of handling the successes and turning the page and, and moving on. So I think that's where I got in trouble in the Buffalo game last year, and, and, and I learned from that. Like I said earlier, you got to learn from your lows and, and, and build upon that and, and just keep playing smart, winning football. Well, that's what he produced today, smart, winning football. How about his head coach, Robert Sala, on guys, specifically White, making the most of their opportunities? Just thought we played an efficient style of football. We ran the ball well. Mike was efficient with the football. I thought we called a really good game. Uh, we pushed the ball down the field when we needed to. We broke tackles in the run game. O-line strained. So just from an efficiency standpoint, it was really good. What did Salah think of White's performance? He did a great job. He didn't need to be anybody but Mike White. We didn't need to turn into the greatest show on turf. But we just wanted him to play within himself and play efficient. I thought he did that. It was a stressful week. It always is when you change a quarterback, especially a quarterback in whom the Jets have invested so much as they have with Zach Wilson. Is this the end of Zach Wilson? You can't say that for sure right now. But the bottom line is it's never an easy decision when you make the decision that Salah had to make this week. So was this performance a stress relief after a stressful week? It's not stressful. Um, I've said it uh, a million times. We've got an unbelievable locker room. Unbelievable coaching staff. Uh, didn't nobody flinched. Uh, took care of their business. You know the big thing we talk about is just focus on your individual moment. You know, just take care of your job, do your job, do your job to the best of your ability. And and if we focus on our moment, and we try to be the best we can be. We'll all be okay. And um, and I thought our locker room did a great job. It uh, ignored all the noise. And uh, and I thought everybody put together a really good game plan. And the and the guys did a great job executing. By the end of the afternoon, the crowd at a wet and soggy MetLife Stadium was chanting the name of one Mike White. So how did that feel to hear that if you're the quarterback? It's always cool. I'm not going to sit here and, and give you some quarterback cliche that I don't, I'm not focusing on that, which there are times I'm not. But towards the end of the game, I, I, I think it would be a lot cooler if they didn't do it while we were trying to snap the ball. <laughs> but um, no, I'm not going to complain too much about that. Yeah. And his teammates right there with him, Ty Johnson, ran for 62 yards, uh, caught a ball for 16 yards. What did he think of his quarterback? It's Mike White. All right. That's all I got to say. He's a dog. Mike White. All right. That's what Jet fans are saying all over the tri-state area after that performance. So, I mean, it changes the whole feeling around this team and what they can accomplish this year and beyond. Because, again, to me, there was always kind of a ceiling as far as how far they could go with the play that they were getting at the most important position on the field. Now you have elevated that spot as well, and it is not dragging the entire team down as it had been with Zach Wilson in control. All right, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones. Jose has been waiting in Patterson. Jose, how you doing tonight? I'm feeling great, Pat. I'm feeling great i'm feeling like mike freaking white that's how i'm feeling there is no looking back pat there is no let's give a bag to jimmy g i was saying that at one point no this kid has shown me enough from last year's game against the Bengals, who are a super bowl kind of team um against the indiana indianapolis when he came in and before he got hurt he was balling and then he went against like you said, a Buffalo team where he had no weapons. There was no defense to lean on. There was no offense to give the ball to. 
And so anybody would shake under pressure on that situation. Imagine this guy, if he would have started the season, Pat. Imagine if you gave him Brees Hall at the beginning of the season. I think we have nine wins. I don't want to look back. This is our quarterback. I don't want to hear about Zach Wilson anymore. They've got to cut their losses. The big GM, Big Joe's got to say, ah, man, I missed on one. I hit on all these others. You can't get them all. You might have missed the biggest one, but at least you got all these other things to surround this kid with. Take that bag, invest in that offensive line more, give Mike White everything he needs, look at the wink, look at the smile. His teammates love him. The city loves him. This is our guy. This is our guy, Mike freaking White. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm with you. And and, and you sell it very well, Jose. And, and that's what I would imagine Jets fans are and should be feeling tonight, what you are right now. Uh, it's 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 – when you suffer so long, and it was starting to feel like 2009, 2010, where it's like, look at this team we have. Look at the defense. Look in the running game. The quarterback is the only thing that's kind of holding us down, like even with Sanchez. And I like Sanchez, but he was never that next-level guy, and he made his mistakes. And, and it felt like that again, but worse this time. It was like Zach was showing nothing, nothing. We were winning in spite of this dude, and it was like, God, man, if we just got a little better at quarterback position, this team could be special, just like 2009 and 2010. The best years of my life as a Jets fan, and I'm 44 years old. So to have this kid come in with a performance, like you said, it was against the Chicago who didn't have their quarterback. It wasn't the best defense in the world. It wasn't an offense that was out. The weather, though, didn't help, but he still came through. He did what he had to do. That's all we ask of any quarterback. Just do what you got to do. He went above and beyond that. So now if he can do this for three of the remainder, four of the remainder games of the season, have games where he puts up 300 with a couple touchdowns, I, I don't I, – what else do you have to do? Like, there's no turning back. Cut your losses. Tell this kid it was – you know, we tried. Maybe you'll take off somewhere else. See what you can get and keep it moving. You got your guy. I'm sorry. Mike freaking White. Perfect. New York. We're here, baby. We're here. Jose, thanks for the call. Listen, I think that's where you hope this goes right now. And as of right now, there are no questions. And I don't think there were a ton of questions leading up to this. You know, Again, Zach did the Jets and Salah and Mike White and everybody who wanted to move on from him as the starting quarterback. He did them all such a tremendous favor, not only by the way he played, but again, we've been through this all week. And I'm right there in the camp of if I if he went to that podium in Foxborough last week and took the accountability that he should. The accountability, by the way, that credit to Zach, he did take on Wednesday. But by then, it was too little too late, although he did show me a little something there. But if he had done that on Sunday, he would not have lost his job. But the bottom line is he's not as good as Mike White. So, yeah, you still would have had Zach Wilson as your quarterback and you would have felt good that you have a quarterback who takes accountability, you would have looked at it differently from that standpoint, but you wouldn't have had Mike White. And again, the reason why this is different than last year, when he beat Cincinnati, 37 for 45 for 405 yards, three touchdowns in that game as well. The reason why this is different is because that win for the Jets was it was a one-off. It was like, okay, cool. You know, we're not going to go 0-17. That's all you felt last year when they won that game on Halloween. You didn't have any expectations that it was going to lead to anything big. You were kind of trying to ride the Mike White magic carpet ride last year as long as you could 
because that was the only thing that you had last year as a Jets fan. That this year couldn't be further from the truth. This now, he's just as good today that he was in that game against Cincinnati, except now it's part of something bigger. Now it's part of this is the guy who's going to lead your playoff push over the next six games. We'll take a break. I know you got more calls coming. We'll get to those, 1-800-919-3776. We'll go through what lies ahead for this team. I also want to tell you, from the Joe Douglas perspective, why it's not going to be as hard for him to absorb this miss at the top of the draft that you normally think it would be. Pat O'Keefe with you, Sunday night on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN. As somebody who watches sports and follows sports and consumes sports, which, look, we're all together on Sunday night at 10.23, so we all fall into that category, you got to appreciate someone who, look, he's 27 years old. He wasn't drafted, or he was drafted in the fifth round, but you know he hasn't stuck, and he has started sporadically, but you've got to appreciate somebody who gets an opportunity and seizes it because this could have gone sideways, right? Especially with the weather out there today. Uh, The offensive line could have been leaky. He could have been off. He could have been too hyped up, but none of that was the case. You know, White, he's he's playing for his career today because if he goes out there and falls flat on his face, then Joe Flacco's probably starting next week. And that was it. That was his last chance. He goes out there, he seizes the opportunity, and for the next six or seven days, the only thing you're going to hear sports fans in New York talk about on this station is Mike White. That's going to be the topic of conversation. That's going to lead every single show for the next week is this guy. And you got to appreciate that. Good for him. Pat O'Keefe with you. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones. Dan in the car. Dan, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Great. Uh, yeah, I'm also just really high on Mike White. I was at the game today. It was amazing. Great feeling in the stands. Um, I just don't want to uh, uh, coronate him quite yet. I think obviously he'll start next week, and that'll be really the test. If he comes up big in a game against Minnesota, that'll really show something. And uh, I would love for Mike White to be the quarterback you know, through the rest of the season. Uh, well, if, if he's the quarterback through the rest of the season, look, this this is a team that's in win-now mode. So if he can hold on to this job, that means he played well enough to do so, which benefits the team. They're, but they're not – look, if he struggles – and, yeah, I, I'm with you. We, we, it's hard not to overreact to a performance as brilliant as today's was, but it was one game um, against a lousy team. <laughs> We understand that, so let's see more from him. But, yeah, if he's the quarterback for the rest of the season, I think that bodes well for the Jets. Yeah, and also, he's just, uh, you know, the thing about him is that he's sat on the bench, he's studied, you know, just the way that, like, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers did behind Brett Favre. You know, having a couple of years to just uh, ride the bench and, you know, come in at garbage time or whatever, you know, I think he really has a better sense of how the game works, and he sounds amazingly articulate. I'm just—I feel very good about him, but I do think that Minnesota will be much more of a test than Chicago. The next several games will be 
Dan, thanks for the call. I mean, you go to Minnesota and then you go to Buffalo. And again, Buffalo, they've had that game circled on their schedule because Buffalo on paper is probably still the most talented team in the NFL. Although maybe you put Kansas City above them just because of that one guy under center. But your next two games are on the road, back-to-back weeks against teams that are fighting for the top of the conference. And then you have your final two home games back-to-back weeks against two teams that on paper you should beat, but two teams that are playing extremely well right now despite poor records, and that's Detroit and that's Jacksonville. All right, so those aren't going to be easy games. And then you go to Seattle. Now, Seattle's interesting because they're clearly coming back to earth. They lost a tough game today to the Raiders. I think if you asked any Seattle fan at the beginning of the season, would you sign for 6-5, and five? they all would have. But it was a front-loaded 6-5. and five. They are they and, and their quarterback, Geno Smith, are starting to come back to earth. But Seattle's still a tough place to play. Still got to cross the country. It's a long flight. It's a long trip. And then you finish at Miami. And who knows what that game is going to mean to the Dolphins, but it's probably going to be a significant game in terms of importance to Miami. That might mean the number one seed in the AFC, or at least the AFC East division if they win that game. So that's not going to be easy. And yeah, you knocked off Miami, you beat them 40-17, to but that was without Tua. And without Teddy Bridgewater. That was with their third-string quarterback. So it's only going to get more difficult for Mike White. But he passed his first test. We don't want to coronate him. I'm not. It's hard to sing his praises. That's the challenge of doing what I'm doing tonight. I'm trying to articulate how much, uh, how impressive this performance was and how much this changes the way you can look at this Jets team without as Bill Parcells would say, without putting him into Canton. We don't want to do that after his fourth start of his career. Let's go to Jonathan in Brooklyn. Jonathan, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Um, I'm glad you called it Parcells because, you know, I'm not looking for Mike White to pass for 300, 400 yards every game. All he has to do is manage the ball, and don't turn it over. The Jets have a good enough team to not only to make the playoffs, but make some noise. Mike White reminds me of like the Jets version of Jeremy Lin with the Knicks, where you know, smart kid, and is better than you thought he was. Not great, but way better than you thought he was, and energized his entire team around him. The team is better with Mike White. So I think that's a big thing for us, that the team is better. So even if he doesn't throw for 300 yards, has 120 yards, who cares? The team is better with him. The biggest thing for Mike White, I don't hate that comparison, Jonathan. That's actually pretty good. Thanks for the call. Hopefully this turns out better. But if you look back at the Jeremy Lin thing, which was 10 years ago, but you look back at the Jeremy Lin thing, the biggest thing that derailed that was he got hurt. You know, people... Revisionist history say oh, Carmelo came back and didn't want to play with Lynn and they put him on the bench. Jeremy Lynn got hurt. And to our last caller's point, when Lynn went on and had a productive NBA career, whether in Brooklyn 
or in Charlotte, he had good years. Like, he was a – that was not a flash in the pan, like, 10 games. Oh, yeah, was he a 27-point-per-game scorer over his career like he was in those 10 games? No, but he was a productive, productive NBA player when he was healthy. He got hurt too much. But as far as the production goes, that's why I don't hate the comparison to Mike White because you take the injuries out of it, what you need is – Competence, and that's what Jeremy Lin brought. He brought competence, and obviously a lot of that was using his mind. He was a brilliant guy, uh, went to Harvard, obviously. Um, Mike White, we heard his comments earlier, seems to be taking this in stride, loved what he had to say about any number of topics after the game, his post-game comments today, which again is a, another uh, direct contrast to Zach Wilson and his post-game comments from a week ago. The biggest thing for Mike White, the biggest thing you want this guy to do, his job is to move the ball down the field and don't hurt your team. Don't hurt your team. He doesn't have to go out and win games by himself. And you even heard him say that in his comment when we played a little while ago about not chasing the big plays. Jacob, do we have that? Can we run that back again? Uh, for Mike White about not uh, chasing the big plays. How do you keep from chasing the big plays? That's part of playing quarterback. That's part of, of handling the successes and turning the page and, and moving on. So I think that's where I got in trouble in the Buffalo game last year, and, and, and I learned from that. Like I said earlier, you got to learn from your lows and, and, and build upon that and, and just keep playing smart, winning football. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Mike White comes on last year, mop-up duty in a game that the Jets lose at New England 54-13. to Gets his start or uh, plays against the um, Bengals on Halloween and has the historic 37 out of 45 for 405, three touchdowns. Uh, they beat the Bengals in a wild game at MetLife Stadium. And then that following Thursday, there was a lot of hype going into the game at Indianapolis. And he played well early. And then he got hurt and he left the game. And he was 7 for 11 for 95 yards. And then he came back on the 14th, their next game of November, against Buffalo. And he tried to do too much. He threw four interceptions, no touchdowns, threw for 250 yards. But here's what I want to show you or tell you that Mike White was dealing with last year. All right? Here's the four games he played in last year. New England. Patriots scored 54 points. Cincinnati, Bengals scored 31. Indianapolis, the Colts scored 45. Buffalo, the Bills scored 45 points. Of course he was trying to do too much. If your defense is giving up more than 40 points a game, of course you're going to go out there and say, I've got to make play after play after play to try to keep us in this game. That's why it's different this year. That's why this has more staying power than last year. Last year, was, it, was, it was fun. It was quirky. It was kind of like Linsanity. You know, when Linsanity happened, there were no expectations for that Knicks team. Now, it jump-started a run to the playoffs that was sorely needed for that franchise. But when the Linsanity thing started, it was more, hey, at least this team's fun and entertaining. That's kind of what Mike White was last year. He was ridiculous in the Bengals game. There was all that hype leading up to the Colts game. He got hurt. He came back for the Buffalo game, threw four interceptions. The defense gave up 45 points, and it cratered. Two weeks after his performance against the Bengals, it all cratered 
on that Sunday against the Bills at MetLife Stadium. And you thought you'd never he- see or hear from the guy again. Well, guess what? The Jets, again, saw enough in him to give him a contract in the offseason, even though they already had two other quarterbacks, including the quote-unquote future of the franchise. He hung around. He bided his time. He waited for Zach Wilson to screw up. He did. He got his opportunity. And just like the last time he got an opportunity against the Bengals, he seized it. One game. Let's see if this has staying power. But again, the difference is, you look at the schedule, Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit, doesn't matter who the Jets are playing. This Jets defense ain't giving up 45 points, ain't giving up 54 points to anybody. All right? So he doesn't have to go out there in Minnesota on Sunday afternoon and think that he has to be perfect and throw the ball all over the field and make all these plays to keep his team in the game. All he's got to do is take care of the football and continue to move the football downfield. And he did that perfectly today. Perfectly. It was almost a perfect game as far as the quarterback rating goes and the QBR goes. All right, 1-800-919-3776. We'll go around the NFL. Uh, We could touch on the Knicks and what they did at Madison Square Garden earlier tonight. All that and more on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN. And chat with Tony on Long Island. Tony, how you doing? How you doing, Pat? Uh, I got to say, I'm kind of impressed with uh, Mike White today. I know it's only really his first game back playing as a starter. But a stat came off to me today that really surprised me. He's the first Jets quarterback in 30 seasons to have 300-yard, three-touchdown, multiple games. That's kind of wild if you really think about it. Like you just said with all the quarterback mishaps they've had and everything in the past. And he showed a lot of pocket presence. I never thought Zach Wilson was the guy from the time they drafted him. I mean, he looks like a little kid out there, and he looks like he's overwhelmed 90% of the time. Uh, I just think Mike White's a better direction. Is he the future? Who knows? But also, I think you guys are capping his ceiling. Like, oh, you know, he's playing all these good teams. I think you got to give this guy a fair shot. Let him play with this team, see what he's got. I know he's not going to be like a Tom Brady, not even an echelon. You know, not even comparing him to him, but – I think that we got to give this kid a true shot. And imagine he had Brees Hall next to him. Uh-huh. What would that be? I mean, the kid could be throwing even even more yards a game in touchdowns. I mean, as a Jet fan, I don't remember the last time I've seen something like this. I was a kid. But it's been a very, very mean, long time. It's, yeah, it's... and I'm, I'm just wondering what you think they're going to do with Zach Wilson. I mean, do you keep him, let him sit behind Mike White, if Mike White is that good of a quarterback showing going forward? Or do you get rid of them? Do you trade them? I mean, what, what would you do in, in their situation? Well, the good news is, and thanks for the call, Tony, you don't have to worry about that until the end of the year. All right, you're in win-now mode. Right now, Mike White clearly gives you the best chance to win, and you want this to continue for as long as it can to the end of the season and beyond. Is there a chance that Mike White, is the Jets starting quarterback next year? There absolutely is. And to your point, Tony, they were, he's getting his fair shake. He got a shake. He took advantage of the opportunity. He'll be starting at Minnesota on Sunday. And what he did was he bought himself, he bought himself a lot of currency. All right? Because this wasn't the first time that we've done this. And that's a great stat, by the way. First Jets quarterback in 30 years to have multiple games of 300 yards and three touchdowns. I saw a stat watching the game today 
where they were saying how long it has been. They were comparing the history of the quarterbacks for these two franchises in the game, the Jets and the Bears, and how long it has been since either of those teams had a quarterback throw for 30 touchdowns in a season. Now, 30 touchdowns used to be a huge number. Today's NFL, it's not that big anymore. You know, when Dan Marino threw for 48 touchdowns in 1984, it was ridiculous. And now, you know, Tom Brady's gone past that and Peyton Manning's gone past that and Drew Brees. Obviously, the game has changed. The last Jets quarterback to throw for 30 touchdowns in a season was Ryan Fitzpatrick. 2015, the year they went 10-6, and lost in Week 17 to Buffalo, and blew their chance to go to the playoffs. That was a great season by Fitzpatrick. (laughs) The last Bears, this made me laugh. You talk about great stats. The last Bears quarterback to throw for 30 touchdowns in a season. They've never had one. Isn't that unbelievable? I mean, the Bears, talk about a franchise that has had worse luck at quarterback than the Jets have. You know, at least the Jets have Namath to hang their hat on. Who do the Bears have? Sid Luckman, I guess. you got to go way, way, way back for that. Not a lot of people still around that saw Sid Luckman play. At least there's still Jets fans out there who got to watch Namath play. At least Namath is still around, too. But isn't that unbelievable? In this day and age, the way the game has evolved to allow for more passing yards and increased offense, that franchise has still never had anybody throw 30 touchdowns in a season. We're not talking about 40. We're talking about 30 touchdowns in a season. I saw that. I was laughing. Back to Mike White. He's going to get a fair shake. He's the quarterback now moving forward. As far as what I would do with Zach Wilson, I don't know what the cap hit is. You're not going to cut him after this year. Um, You try to trade him, and you try to get some value back. Look, he's a guy with some physical tools, enough physical tools to have been the second overall pick in the draft, and he's still very, very, very young. You probably end up unloading him for a fourth-round draft pick. I can't see a team giving up more than that for Zach Wilson. Although then on the other end, you know, you look at the recent market for quarterback trades. What did Washington give up to Indianapolis to acquire Carson Wentz? A second and a third-round draft pick, I think. So, and Carson Wentz stinks. (laughs) There's a guy who also lost his job. And the team took off once he did. Taylor Heineke won again today. Commanders are 7-5. and five. They're a half game behind the Giants heading to MetLife Stadium next week. The hope for the Jet fan is Mike White's your quarterback next year because if he's your quarterback next year, that means he earned the spot. He's not going to keep the job by default. You look at the way the rest of this roster is put together, their window to compete in the AFC is now. It's right now. With this defense being as talented as it is and as young as it is, they're just starting to scratch the surface. And this is the time to take advantage of that in the NFL when you have a lot of young, talented playmakers, as the Jets do on that side of the ball, before they hit their second contract. The Quinn and Williamses and the Sauce Gardeners. And those guys, they're not making the big money right now, so they're not killing your salary cap. But they're playing like guys who, if they were able to go on the open market, would make a ton of money right now. So you got to cash in right now. So if Mike White's the guy that you could cash in with at the starting quarterback position, then the job is his 
for the foreseeable future. We'll see. Early returns are pretty good, though. We'll take a break. We'll go around the NFL uh, and more of your calls here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN.